The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, don't eat the corn. Talking Back. Hey, everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me this week is co host Dean. How's it going, Dean? Just co host? Just co host. I think I ran oh, so out disappointing. of all the rhyming words. Yeah, you went with bro and ghost. That's all there is. <laughs> That's all there is uh, for co-host. <laughs> um, how about the... No, I got nothing. The no host is what I have because I have nothing. Oh, nice. That's a good one. No, I don't want to take don't that humor one, though. I'll don't just stick, I'll stick with the co-host. I didn't, I didn't have one. I probably won't have another one. I, I, I'm upset that you put that on me that all of a sudden I had to have a, a new cool rhyming like co-host name for you every week. I just did it a couple times for fun, man. But here's the thing, Tim. You did it a couple times in a row. So now I'm just expecting it every single week. I know. Well, to be honest with you, Dean, I completely forgot about it. So there might be more words out there. Maybe I can come another time with one, but this week... This has been like the biggest thing for me, and you're just like, oh, I don't totally oh, yeah. forgot about it. <laughs> I'm just like waiting. I'm like, okay, what's he going to say this time? Sorry. Complete letdown. Problem problem is here is that I've been obsessing over this movie, and it's uh, yeah, consumed yeah. my brain, and there yeah. was no room for little things like that, Dean, that just, you know what? They just don't matter. Yeah. No, they, they matter. Right. They do matter. I'm just kidding. They matter to you. Listen... There's too much going on. I'm at the point where my brain, um, if I take new stuff in, old stuff goes out. So it's like I, I, com- I compiled so much interesting stuff for yeah. this podcast that uh, I think I lost like three years of my childhood. I can't oh, no. remember anymore. Oh, no, that's horrible. Tim. So I hope it wasn't three years of comic book reading. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? You're going to need that shit, man, later. No, that, that stuff's in there. Can't, okay, can't <laughs> you that. locked that in. That's locked in, yeah. Okay, you got rid of like Chuck E. Cheese memories. Yeah, it's like stuff. stuff like Grandma's yeah. birthday and stuff like that. The, <laughs> the boring stuff. Oh man, I lost that stuff years ago. Tom. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I've never remembered one of Grandpa's birthdays. <laughs> Grandpa? I said Grandma. Oh, okay. Well, see, <laughs> it's all gone. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I just want to get right to it. I don't know about you. Like, I just. I want to get into it. We can get into it, Tim. We can get right into it. You know what? I just, we just sat down to record just now, and right before this, I was doing my little nature walk, and there's a little woods kind of close to me. Yeah. I went into the woods, Tim. Good for you. I went into the woods alone. I crunched those leaves. I saw random little huts that were set up, just made out of twigs that freaked the crap out of me. Yeah. And I spent an hour in those woods just preparing my mind. Wow. So I am ready to go. I just came from that. I am ready to go. I'm jealous. I love the woods. I love being scared in the woods. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I kind of took took a page out of your book because when we were talking about um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you're like, yeah, I'd go into a creepy old house. That's what I do. And you said you'd go in there alone. So I was like, you know what? Prep for this podcast. 
My prep is going into the woods. Your prep maybe was watching the movie. My prep was going into the woods. Nice. I, I hope you still watch the movie, though, because you will need that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did that as well. You're not just going to absorb the witch by going into the woods. No? There's more to that. You have to watch oh, okay. it. Okay. I'm glad you did that, though. You, you, I'm sure, were terrified the entire time. I was pretty scared. Yeah. I uh, For a second, I was like, let's put on the soundtrack. Oh, and then that dude. ran for about two seconds. I turned that shit off. The soundtrack is the worst. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's random, irritating notes that like physically hurt. Yeah, it's true. They do hurt. They make you kind of wince. Wow. That soundtrack though, really fits. It really fits. It does. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing. Um, It's scary. And I, I don't even know what some of the... There were a couple instruments I, I um, saw that they used. Never heard of them before. Oh, interesting. Never heard of them. Wow. Probably because nobody uses them anymore because they sound awful. Right. right. That's pro- they no probably have all that. been thrown away into the garbage. Let's, yeah, it's not pleasing to the ear. The point is that it's it's displeasing. It is. It turns you off. Right. Well, for those who aren't paying attention and can't read, we are doing The Witch from 2015. Mm-hmm. Now, we are. Dean, this is, this is week four of, uh, I think I called them uh, Wicked Weeks at one point. Week four of our Wicked Weeks of October. So this I'm is- terrified? This is kind of it. Um, this is it? Except we will be doing our classic Halloween episode that will drop on Halloween- Thank goodness. There I wasn't is, prepared is, for this to be it, Tim. No, there is that. I know. We're having so much fun with these scary, scary topics. I know. I know. It is really fun. I think we really did save the scariest for last, though. Uh, for sure. Not not even just the scariest, but like the movie where I cringe and sit like trying to make myself super small on the couch. Like I am trying to turn away from this movie. Yeah, it ha- it can have that effect for sure. Yeah. Also... Yeah, it rocks. Oh, this movie is so good. First of all, it's, it's so, so good. good. Such Tim, a just I such a good it. movie. Yeah, forget about the horror aspect and all that. Yeah, this is just a solid, super tight movie. So good, I love it. So, uh, it's actually called The Witch: A New England Folk Tale. It's true. Now it was released in 2015 with a budget of four million dollars. Okay, that's so small. It's so small, but good it is them. like. Yeah, for sure. It's like small cast, one location uh, kind of thing. So yeah. mm-hmm. you can see how they can control that budget. Yeah, for sure. It grosses $40 million. Well done. Woo! Well done. Money double. Boom. Double your money. That's all you got to do. Except it's like 10 times it, though. It is. Yeah, it is. It's also double. True. Actually, that is true. Double and That's more. That's a false but it statement, is, Tim. Yeah, to say that they double their money is not... A lie. Nope. <laughs> How many goats do you think you could buy for $40 million? Great fucking question. Lots, um, eh? I know nothing. Okay, so here's the thing. I know nothing about buying goats. A goat has got to be like 100 bucks, right? Uh, I think a goat might be a, a bit more than that. More than 100 bucks? I think so. I, again, I know nothing about buying animals. Maybe 200 I don't know. Maybe okay. 250 200 bucks for a goat? Anybody know how much goats cost out there? I have some farmer friends. I'll, I'll ask them. Yeah, I mean, we have relatives who farm, but they don't farm goats. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've got friends with sheep. I feel like the, that's kind of close. Like the petting farm is the place to call. Okay. okay. Like, hey, I'm, I'm interested in purchasing one of your goats. How much are we talking about? And then they might say, well, they might say a number. How much, you know, how much are you offering? And then we'd be like, one, uh, two, uh, three, uh, ten dollars. You don't want to lowball too much, right? Right. <laughs> you don't want right. to be like. <laughs> they'll just hang up on you. They'll like they'll be like, get yeah. out of here. You're not taking if this just... goat purchase seriously, obviously. So goodbye. Exactly. You don't want to go to go in there too low. You know what, Tim? Goats have creepy eyes. I think I would say like I'd go I'd I'd, I'd say uh, two fifty and throw in a chicken. <laughs> That's not bad. That's where I'd come in at. I think. That's and not bad. Maybe That's we not can bad. negotiate. Yeah. Oh, they do have they have weird eyes for they sure. They have those fucking rec- rectangle eyes, and it's like it's so creepy. I don't like goats. I'll just throw no. that out there. Uh, right, yeah, I'll yeah. throw it out there right now. I'm not comfortable with them. They. Like, I don't think they're cute. You know, when you go no. to those petting farms, I don't want to pet a goat. Things I don't want to look it in the weird, eye. Man. I don't want to be anywhere near a goat. Um, For anybody who hasn't seen this movie, there's a very specific goat in this movie. That's why we're talking about goats right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it is on the cover. The goat's on the cover. Okay. Well, it's not on. So... Yeah, I know, but maybe nobody's even heard of this movie before. Okay, you know what? Thinking, okay, why are these, Google it. Why are these idiots Google. talking about goats so much? <laughs> right. Google the witch and you'll get a picture of a goat. Okay. That's a good call. It's kind of a good call in general. If you don't know the topic of the podcast you've clicked on listening, maybe just a quick Google. Yeah, that's that's a great call, actually. Yeah, just a quick one. Yeah. So this movie, written and directed by Robert Eggers, and this was his first movie. That is... Applause. Insert applause. Incredible. He goes on to write, direct, and produce The Lighthouse. Cool. Haven't seen it. Hmm. It's uh, it's something. I'll say it's that. Something. It's something. Cool. I've heard it's something, and I really want to see it. It's... Yeah, it's... Uh, you have to see it. Yeah. It's a movie you have to see. I can't imagine uh, a scenario where I watch that movie again, though. Interesting. Yeah, but it's like, I, I'm so happy I've seen it. You have to yeah. see it. Got him. Now, Eggers grew up in New England, and that he said he had nightmares about witches ever since he was a little kid, and that was That's his inspiration for doing this film. That is too That's bad. Sad. That sounds yeah. terrifying and scary. But this Dean must have been an outlet for him to get over yeah. some of that. Uh, totally. Potentially so. Tim, I did something for the first time for this movie. Um, I watched the commentary, and it, it was him doing the commentary. Interesting. And he pointed out a number of specific visuals that were part of his nightmares. And it was terrifying to think that that is what he dreamt of as a kid. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope his commentary doesn't spoil some of the stuff that I have coming. Um, Probably not. Okay. But that's it. That's it, though, for background. That's all I got. I got okay I so got, no his commentary didn't spoil anything well no i uh, hoping like movie wise like in, in oh the movie. okay 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 yeah i've got a hot take on this oh shit mm-hmm. he didn't get into any hot takes that's okay, for sure okay. he didn't want to he didn't want to push any interpretations okay perfect um yeah that's gonna come out at what if though interesting we gotta get through I everything else wait. first but 
Okay, we shouldn't just get to it right now. I would. I I'm normally okay with that. Like I don't mind throwing the what if, the what if out early if uh, if we kind of get to that spot. But for this one, we definitely have to go through everything first. We have to go through the movie. Perfect. Let's do it. So we're Let's gonna do get that. Started. We're jump right into that. The movie takes place in the year 1630 in New England. We start out hearing a man talking. Dude, this guy's voice is so excellent. It's so weird and creepy. Like when you hear it, you almost don't even believe that this could be a man's voice. And it's this dude's voice. And this is the way he talks the whole movie. Like, I mean, I'm already scared from the voice of the man who's probably like your rock to go to for comfort in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Great voice, great face. Like this guy is just perfect. This guy, I was like, <laughs> I felt so bad because uh, I've seen the movie several times, and I'm like, this first time actor just nailed it. He knocked it out of the park. Can't believe yeah. how good of a job he did. And I go to his IMDb. And he's super famous. I've seen yep. him in a ton of things. Yes. And they just made him look so good as a character that I could not recognize him. Yes. There was, I just didn't recognize anything about him. He's in all sorts of everything, all sorts of stuff, <laughs> like stuff that everybody has seen. Yeah. He looks so good. So perfect. Yeah. They do. They do an excellent job with him. So, so it turns out that he and his family are being banished from a settlement that they live in. Mm -hmm. And they pack up a horse and their carriage and they leave. And um, this is our first entrance into the uh, very eerie and unsettling music that's making me unsettled. Yeah. Um, we, We talked about it already, so we don't really need to get into it too much, but I'm already feeling uncomfortable just because of this like one or two notes that they're just hitting and holding. So, yeah, and it's it's a little bit of singing right now. Uh was there singing? Yeah. There was a little bit of the those notes that are being held are being sung. Oh. Okay, very good. It was creepy. Very good. The family consists of mother Catherine, father William, daughter Thomason, son Caleb, twins Mercy and Jonas. Uh, there's baby Samuel, who's still in the womb, and there's Fowler, the dog. Oh, yeah. Good name. That's a good name. So we know that the family is very religious. Um, they make mention of uh, of Jesus in the opening um, kind of, I wouldn't call it an argument, but the discussion that they're having before they get thrown out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something religious. Uh, the, the father doesn't approve of of something that the settlement's doing and decides that he's going to take his family and go elsewhere because he doesn't want to be a part of it. And then they quickly get to like this this piece of land that they decide they're going to live at and they um they are like on their knees kind of praying as they get there like being thankful that they found land to settle in. So Right, yeah. We hear the daughter Thomason here praying for forgiveness. She says she's lived in sin. She's broken all the commandments in thought. She knows she deserves shame and everlasting hellfire, but she begs for forgiveness and mercy. Now, Dean, I'm sorry. I am going to have to spoil a bit of stuff here because I feel like this is an extremely important moment in the movie. For sure. Yeah. Like what I'm going to say, it could be a bit of a spoiler. So 
I know Tim, I normally that normally, is okay. I normally get on you for doing stuff like that, and I'll be like, "No, Dean, you don't do that again." <laughs> bad co-host, but I'm going to be the bad co-host. And actually, no, I'm not, because there's nothing bad about it. There's nothing. I welcome you with open arms. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Let's go. Like, okay. bring it. Bring on the spoiler. So here's what I feel. Yeah. About this. About this part. I feel like she gets targeted here. Okay. She's made herself vulnerable to God by mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness and telling her sins. I also feel like she's made herself vulnerable for the devil. Okay. She's just admitted to doing many of the things that the devil would like her to be doing. Right. So I feel like in that moment, she got targeted by the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it, Tim. Yeah. I'm going to say one thing that I that uh, was said in the commentary by uh, by Mr. Robert here. He said that he loves this actress, Anya Taylor-Joy. Is that her name? Uh, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Anya, Anya Taylor something. Yeah, here. I did the IMDb screen. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, he said he loves her in this role, her first role, her first movie. He loved her so much because he could stick the camera three inches from her nose and nobody knows what she's thinking. And this is that moment, exactly what you're saying there. She's, it, it's on her. She's saying all the like bad things she's done, but she's like kind of confessing her sins and you don't know what she's thinking. Yeah, you never really know what she's thinking. She was the very first, first person um, auditioned for the movie for any role. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so he, he must have really liked her. She is so good. She's so good. I'll, I'll, I'll get into this uh, a little bit, is that I hate child actors and yeah. I liked every single child actor in this movie. They do totally. such a fantastic job. Yeah. They are not like it's like they're playing a character from a different time, right? So in in yeah. in like the 1600s, you had to be way more mature than your age, right? There aren't yeah. silly things to get you, you know, to become a a prick of a young kid or something like that, right? They're just they're all having to do the chores like they're doing things to survive so i feel like they really embraced that role and all of them i was very very impressed no bad things to say about the the kid acting yeah totally they they were all so good so the family they're working in the yard and they've actually set up a really like nice spot for themselves to live you know so it's, it's kind of nice thomason takes baby samuel and she's playing peekaboo with Samuel near the edge of the woods. And on one of those peekaboos, baby Samuel is all of a sudden gone. Yes. Startling. So, you know, open your eyes, baby's there, close your eyes, open your eyes, baby's there, close your eyes, open your eyes, baby's gone. Just like that fast. Yes. Now, and Tim, I love this scene. I think it's really crucial because most horror movies are jump scares. That's what makes it a horror movie. Boo. Like something that's just a shock, which is peekaboo. Peekaboo is with like a kid. You're covering up your face and then all of a sudden you're there. Like they love that kind of shock. So just to have this moment when the baby's gone and not it like it isn't a jump scare at all. All you have is she's covering her face and then she does the peekaboo. And then it's just a close up of her face reacting to the baby not being there. And you get this emotional moment with her first before you see that the baby's not there. And that's what this movie is going to be about. It's not going to be about the jump scares. It's going to be a horror, but it's going to be about these characters. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I picked it up at that point, uh, but that's definitely what the movie's about. Um, I think what unsettled me the most at that moment 
was that it's not physically possible for a baby to disappear in half a second. Oh, for sure. So like, it's you a know, wide open field. you know that like something very creepy is going on here because something impossible just occurred that we just yeah. saw. So yeah. that that's the part that like that creeped me out. Um, yeah. In, in that scene. Now, if that's not creepy enough, though, for you, Dean, they cut to inside the woods and there's some sort of a cloaked figure running with the baby. Yep. And if that's not creepy enough for you, Dean, <laughs> we see this figure inside of like a hut or something doing yeah. a ritual circumcision on the baby. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, fuck, dude. And mm-hmm. if that's not creepy enough for you, Dean, uh-huh. we see this weird, like naked, gross looking figure rubbing blood all over itself. Mm-hmm. And again, like we've got this music that makes us want to like, I feel like I'm going insane listening to this music. Like I need, sure. I almost, yeah. there's, there are definitely moments in the movie where I need the music to stop more than I need the visuals to stop. It's like more yeah. overpowering. It's so damn intense. So. And and we know that that blood is that babies. It is 100% the babies. Yeah. Um, one of the things that witches like to use in different rituals is the blood of unbaptized uh, mm. boys. Right. So, okay. Um, some of the things that I read is that they would wipe themselves in blood and that would give them the power to um, like fly and to float and stuff like that. So it's, this was, it was a very specific purpose that this creature was, you know, unfortunately killing this baby for, but it's like they, they utilize that for a reason. So this, and this is like seven minutes into the movie. Oh yeah. We, we just started like Like, right away. Yeah. This baby is taken. This baby is like ground up and rubbed all over this woman. And then she kind of flies. Oh dude. So yeah, I th- I would say like seven minutes in, it it's um I feel like it's going to be different than it is, but they yeah. do a really nice job uh throughout the movie of like pulling you back in and then terrifying you again and then pulling you yeah. back in and then terrifying you. So we're back at the house, we're in a room with the children, and you can hear mother sobbing in the next room, obviously because the baby's missing. Uh, they don't know that the baby's dead yet; it's just missing. Caleb, uh, who's the oldest boy, Caleb's probably. I guess we should say the ages. I'd say Thomason, the the young young girl is probably like 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, I would say Caleb, so, yeah. I'd say maybe 12. Uh, then the twins, Mercy and Jonas, maybe like six or seven. Yeah, sounds right. Now, Caleb goes to talk with father and father concedes that they can no longer search for the baby. So they've been in the woods looking, but they can't do it anymore. Um, yeah basically says like the baby's either like gotten eaten by something or is just dead from the cold. Yeah. Now he also makes mention that their crops are mostly all dead. Uh, he like he pulls some corn and you can see the corns like all black and rotting. And he's very concerned that they're not going to have enough food for the winter to survive. Yeah. So another reason why he said they have to stop looking for the baby because they actually need to go hunting for meat. And try to get enough right. meat, uh, build up enough uh, food stock for the winter. Yeah. So another thing that hits me here uh, in the creepiness factor is that you start to get like the real true idea that this family is alone. Like there's nothing. They're in the middle of nowhere. There is nobody around to help them. Like if 
if something goes wrong, what do you do? Like, yeah. picture yourself living, I don't know, 50 miles out of the city with no car or anything like that, just living off the land. Like, what happens if you break your arm or you break your leg exactly. or something? What do you do? Yeah. You, you're like, you're so utterly screwed. And there's a level of terror that comes with that for me. Just the the the, the thought that you're helpless if something goes wrong. So I'm starting to um, also get scared at at that at that stuff as well it makes everything that they're doing even more scary. Like it almost makes just the regular things scary because they're so far away from everybody. So even like um, the father chopping wood, I'm like, you better not put that ax in your foot because you're done. Like, how are you, are you even, even able to get back to the town? Like, I think it's a day's journey or something. So it's like, if you cut, yeah, exactly. If you do something, injure yourself, like you're in big trouble. Mm -hmm. The stakes are way higher. So we go back into the woods now, and they're doing an excellent job playing up the woods as super menacing. Mm -hmm. So camera camera shots, music, sounds, we know that this is an evil place, or, or they're, they're letting us know that. For sure. At, at, sort of at first, I think that there's just something in the woods, which is like, um, you know, which is that witch that we saw earlier. But as we go along, I'm feeling more like it is just the woods in general as they are just shooting the woods and that music is playing. I'm like, okay, you know what? It's more this place than it is just that one individual. Yes, definitely. There's a very distinct line um, from their property, which is a yeah. field to the woods, which is just yeah. the tree line. It's just like, it's yeah. right there and you can see it from their place. Like it's, it's, it's near their property. It's just, you can look over and see that's right where the wood starts. Big line of trees going all the way across. I, I think they're also doing a really good job just showing us like what a family in the 1600s would be doing and would be required to do to survive. So For sure. we, we see them doing menial tasks. You know, we see them doing things that you'd have to do on a daily basis. And it just, I, it slows the movie down a little bit. And I, I like it because I think it's necessary just to like bring things back to a calm uh, after they show us some of these wild events. So. Well, and kids that are like, what did we say, 14 and 11 or whatever, like they have duties. Like the oldest daughter who's 14 has a lot of things she has to do. And the son who's 11 has to go hunting with his father because he's going to have to learn how to do that soon. Yeah, they do have a lot of responsibility as you could imagine, right? Like everybody's got to pull their part. So probably one of the reasons why people have so many kids in that situation is you need help around the farm, right? Yeah, that's a good point. So Caleb and father, they go out into the woods to check a trap, which was released, but nothing was caught in it. Right. I don't know if that meant anything to you, but I liked that because I don't know how you could release that trap without something being caught. Yes. Interesting. I never actually thought about that. That's a really good point. So we're back at the house now and the twins are messing with one of the goats. And they're singing some sort of rhyme and chasing it around the yard. And they call it Black Phillip. Yeah, great name. And it's, uh, it's, it's, the goat is freaking the, it is a great name. Yeah. The, the goat's freaking the fuck out though, Dean. It's yeah. like getting ready to attack them. And then father has to step in and wrestle it into a cage. Yeah. <laughs> and that scene was legit. It, it, they were not trying to shoot that. The goat attacked the father in that moment. Oh, really? And they just had the camera rolling and they kept it. Yeah, the goat, like, 
It was not supposed that that scene was not supposed to happen. They just happened to catch it. Oh my. Yeah. It's fucking goat. <laughs> stupid, stupid goat. <laughs> well, you know what they say? They say don't work with kids and don't work with animals. And on this on, on this guy's first movie, he's like, I will do both. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's got tons of animals in this movie, like tons of animals that have to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, it's true. Apparently all the animals did excellent jobs except the goats. Right. That's kind of what I got from the commentary. He was like praising the rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> like the horse was really the dog. good. The dog was the good. horse was really good. And then he's like, fuck this goat. The fucking goats are attacking people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the song the twins are singing, the song really intrigued me. I was like, just trying to listen to it and trying to figure out what they were saying. But I was like, why, why do they have a song about this goat? That, that yeah. seemed off. Why? Like, I'm sure the parents didn't teach them some nursery rhyme about a right. goat, but they're singing a song about this goat and chasing it around. I was very, very interested in that. So I looked up. Yeah, lay it on me. I looked up what the lyrics were. Yeah. And they say, Black Philip, Black Philip, a crown grows out his head. Black Philip, Black Philip, to nanny queen is wed. Jump to the fence post, running in the stall. Black Philip, Black Philip, king of them all. That's hmm. what they sing. And there's a second verse to it uh, okay. that's not in the movie, but it is, um, it's the second verse. Mm -hmm. And it goes, Black Philip, Black Philip, king of sky and land, Black Philip, Black Philip, king of sea and sand. We are ye servant, we are ye men, Black Philip eats the lions from the lion's den. Well, shit. <laughs> so real interesting nursery yeah. rhyme. For yeah, very this interesting. black goat, black Philip. So Tim is. The, I don't know if you know. Is that is that something that pre-existed before these kids were singing it? No, no. They I, made it up. I think the director made it up. Maybe it existed before. It, it could be some sort of nursery rhyme or something. But I don't know. It doesn't sound like. Yeah. It doesn't sound like something I've ever heard before. So. Yeah. I, no. Yeah. There's. There's a lot. Um. At, like at the beginning of the movie, there's like a line of text that says like a lot of this stuff has been pulled from diaries. Um. So. Oh, that's a good point. Actually, I was wondering if yeah, maybe it already existed. I don't know. It well, seems to fit well with this scene. So, if it existed, it existed in the 1600s. Because exactly, since, since you're yeah. touching on that, a lot of the dialogue in this movie, like you said, was actually pulled from 1600s diaries and yeah. stories and like actual accounts of different events. So, they were very, they did a very good job with like the history and yeah. obviously the costume design is Costumes incredible. Are amazing, yeah. Yeah the the small like little um huts and houses that they're living in like they brought in yeah. carpenters to specifically rebuild from that time period um their like their adventure into the mythology of witches was very well yeah. researched and um yeah so maybe this did exist way back in the day but um who knows anyways very interesting to me very interesting. Yeah, for sure. We we should maybe say that like it's kind of hard to understand some parts of the movie because of how they talk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely like first time around, I was like, I caught maybe half of that. Yeah, they've got like, um, obviously, th like thicker English accents. Like I think the idea yeah. was that um, these were settlers from England who had just sure, arrived yeah. uh, in the United States, you know, for the first time. So that they, they were thick english accents they actually did the casting in england 
um, to get. Oh, cool. To try yeah. to get the correct people to come with the correct accents. So. Yeah. And the director did like, a, he did want to make it like as accurate as possible. So when he's doing the commentary, he's like, that's not what it's supposed to look like. That's not what it's supposed to look like. Like just sometimes there's things where you're making a movie. So you have to do it that way. But he was at some point like, that's not the animal that should be there. They would have brought a different type of animal. Okay. <laughs> so it's just interesting that like he knew everything that he was supposed to do. And sometimes you just can't do exactly that. That would take me out of the movie. I wouldn't actually want to necessarily hear all that. Well, it definitely takes you way out of the movie. He tells you like everything, all the secrets, all the behind, like how they did everything, how they made every shot. So it's not, it's not something, it's not the only way you should watch the movie. You should definitely watch the movie uh, once or twice before you do the commentary. Right. So mother is extremely upset that father and Caleb left the house to go hunting. She doesn't want to be left alone because she's afraid a wolf is what took baby Samuel and is worried that if they're left alone, the wolf will come back and she'll have no way to uh, defend herself. So she's very upset at them. Says, do not go out alone again. Right. That's a good point that we are the only ones that know that there a witch took the son, took Samuel. Like, the Correct. family doesn't know. Correct. Now, the family, this is where we learn that the family thinks it was a wolf. They didn't really, yeah. they weren't really telling us anything about it. But here's, right. here's where we learn what they think had happened. So, yeah. Um, they do a pretty nice job. I'm thinking back to the first time I saw this. They do a pretty nice job for a while in this movie, making you consider whether the wolf is a true thing, whether that actually happened. So I kind of liked, yeah. um, I did like, even though they show us the witch really quick, really quickly, it's like the, the, the idea of the wolf kind of continues. So, mm-hmm. um, we see some more menial tasks here around the, the farm. Uh, father's chopping wood. Thomason is cleaning some clothes in a creek. Um, Mercy sneaks up on Thomason and Caleb there and starts pretending to be a witch. Yes. She says that Black Philip told her she can do what she wants. Yeah. Uh... Yep. So weird. Also, she knows about the witch. Like, like I just said, nobody else knows about the witch. Right. Right. Like we saw the witch, but the family doesn't know to a witch. And this girl comes, this little girl starts talking like, I took Samuel. I'm the witch. Right. The, and how do you and, know? And Black Phillip's talking to her. And Black Phillip told her something. She also says that a witch took the baby and she saw it in the woods. Yeah. What? It's so creepy, dude. It's so, it's really creepy. It's a really interesting scene and it's really creepy. Yeah. So Thomason starts to try to scare her and says, yeah, it was a witch. I'm the witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says the devil asked for a babe. So she brought one to him. Hmm. And Thomason is holding Mercy down and is like sort of choking her here. So I kind of, I kind of get why Thomason would be doing this. Like she's, she's must be feeling responsible for the missing baby yeah. and yeah. the mother's been coming down hard on her like super pissed off blaming her so i could see that this would be why you know thomas and lashes out at mercy here but but still like the things that are going on the things that are being said here are very strange and interesting like yeah i'm i'm very thrown right here like i'm very thrown that thomason would even just say like yeah it was a witch and i am that witch i was i was yeah, I, I definitely got, I, I think I get her character and then this happens and I definitely don't get her character. Like, I definitely don't know what's going on inside her head. Right. So I think, I think obviously at this, at this point, viewers would be starting to consider like, is Thomason a witch? Is this for real? Yeah. Because 
You know, they've already kind of, we've seen it, we've seen a witch. They've also laid out the wolf explanation, but now Thomason yeah. is saying she's a witch. So yeah, lots of possibilities and I don't know what's correct, which is fine because it's early in the movie. So the family's having a supper and mother blames Thomason for losing a silver cup that she had that her father gave to her. It's very special. Yeah. And mother says that there's something unnatural about the farm she's very obviously still very upset about the baby some other like weird things going on like this cup missing and nobody's you know coming out to say that they they used it or lost it so she's she's very very concerned father says that they will pray about it yeah and they're about to pray when the goats start making noises yeah yeah so i that was neat too they're about to pray and what mm-hmm. interrupts them praying yeah, yeah. Or the goats, the goats. starting to do goats. to do shit. So uh Thomason apparently forgot to feed them. So right. mother's yeah. just like, is this one thing after another with, with Thomason in, in mother's eyes? Well, so, yeah, Thomason's taking a lot of the blame for a lot of these things. Yeah. Well, she's I mean responsible well, yes. for, for, for most well, of them. Well, yeah, for most of them, but we in, in mother's know, eyes. Yes, in mother's eyes. Because we are we do know at this point about the silver cup that it was not her fault. We don't know that yet, no. Yeah, we do. We do, Tim. Why? How do we know that's that? What, that's what the father told Caleb in the woods when they went out hunting. What did he say? He told Caleb he traded the, the silver cup oh. for those traps. Oh, okay. Cool. I missed that. So we had already we had already found out, and then he was just silent at the table while Mother was just giving it to Thomason about losing that cup. Nice. I've seen this movie maybe four or five times, and I've never picked up on that. I only pick up later on when he comes out and confesses that he sold yeah. it. Okay, nice. Nice pull. So... Thomason goes out to feed the goats. She's uh, out in the dark of the night with a lantern going towards the barn. And I'm terrified, obviously. And and the camera is just on her face, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm scared at so many different parts in this. But she goes into the barn and sees a rabbit. And this rabbit was shown to us earlier uh, in a scene with father and Caleb in the woods. Now, I don't know what it is, dude, but this rabbit has a personality. I don't know how they're getting it across to us. I don't know what the process is that they're doing, but it seems like this effing rabbit has a personality. And I mean, I'm getting the feeling like the the rabbit is the witch. Like the witch is like... um, Turns to the rabbit, which is something witches can do. They can turn into animals. I feel like it's the witch. Father tried to shoot this rabbit and the gun exploded in his eye. Right. And now the rabbit's visiting the goats. Yeah. And to- visiting, I'm thinking the same thing. Thomason. Witch. So mother, Dean, mother wants to sell Thomason because they need money. <laughs> that's <laughs> what you do, right? puberty. That's, yeah, yeah. That's what you do when you run into money problems is you sell your eldest daughter. I think so. Yeah, she's useful. Yeah, things are a bit different in the 1600s, I guess. A little bit, yeah. Caleb doesn't want that to happen. No. Right? He he loves his big sister, so he decides to sneak out of the house in the middle of the night to go and hunt for food so that they have mm-hmm. food so they don't have to buy it so he can he can kill it and earn it for them. Like what a good kid. What a good, what a good kid. Good younger brother. What a good idea. For a kid to have, would a kid not have this idea? Totally, would a kid not be like, I can go in the woods. I'll get us food. I'll save us. I'll, I'll make sure our sister sticks around. 
Yeah, and they would get caught sneaking out, which he does. Yes. He gets caught yeah. by Thomason though. And yeah. all she does, all she all she wants is to come with him and she says like you can either take me or I will tell on you right now. For sure. So they go out into the woods. He's got a gun. She's on a horse. They've got Fowler and Caleb actually kills a rabbit. He like he can't, does something his dad couldn't do and hunts a rabbit and gets one. Totally, yeah. But then that other rabbit, Mr. Personality, shows up again, and Fowler takes off after it. Caleb takes off after Fowler, and Thomason is kind of left on the horse, who goes a bit wild and bucks her off, and she gets knocked unconscious. Yeah. Caleb is um, walking alone now, looking for Fowler, and he hears the dog scream, and then he finds it disemboweled. Yes. And yuck, yuck. Thomason regains consciousness and hears father calling. So very creepy again here for me. Lots of creepy stuff going on in the movie. Children lost in the woods when we know there's something terrifying out there is terrifying. It's very scary. This part is makes like your um, anxiety get high. You're very nervous watching this part. Um, I think they do a lot of cool camera tricks during this part um, to make you feel more afraid. And one of my favorite ones is just a really quick shot of um, right behind Caleb. And as he's walking deeper into the woods, the camera's pulling further back. And I haven't really seen this. Usually you like follow this person walking. And so he's going further, the camera's going further back, and you get this sense that he's getting more and more lost in the woods, and it's going to be mm. more and more difficult to find him. I cool. thought it was really cool. That is cool. Yeah, he climbs through a bunch of uh, tree branches. It's like a, a thick web of tree branches. Yeah. And I definitely get the feeling, and I'm sure they were meaning for it, but I definitely get the feeling that he's crossing over some sort of threshold here. Like, right. like yeah. this, this thicket of trees is meant to, to keep things out. Yeah. Right. But he forces his way through. And meanwhile, uh, Thomason has made it back to father into the house. And so she's safe. Caleb gets through the thicket of trees and sees a dark hut. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck that's is what right. That's what I'm thinking. It's so dark and creepy and like. Don't go in there. No, don't go in there. I got, I got an idea. Turn around, Turn around and run. Turn around. I mean, Fowler is already dead. Right. So maybe you should be going the other direction. But a beautiful woman comes out. Oh, perfect. So now let's go in. Let's go in. Back. <laughs> right. You're an 11-year-old boy. You're like, oh, wait, never mind, beautiful woman. This is what I've been waiting for. Right. It's like, um, yeah, it's like the perfect scenario for a 12-year-old boy, right? Yeah, Find definitely. It's just a hut in the middle of the woods with a beautiful woman. Yeah. She's probably lonely. Yeah, she walks out, she's giving you the eyes, and you're like, okay, you are uh, scary and really attractive. Yeah. So he's he sees her, and he's compelled to go to her. So this moment for me when Caleb is like kind of drawn towards her, he has this look on his face like he doesn't really want to do it, but he also is kind of like giving in. And I think it has something to do with sort of them giving in to their 
like their sins. We've, we've talked about them being very religious and he had a lot of questions for his father about like where his little brother went because his little brother wasn't baptized and he was, you know, if he's dead, where did he go? Did he go to heaven or did he go to hell? And so he really struggles with like all his, this, uh, question of, you know, sins and original sin and like where, where, how you would like, um, be absolved of your sins, like all those, all those questions I feel like Caleb really struggles with. So I think in this moment, he's just sort of giving in to his lustful sin and he knows he's doing it, but he, he like, so he's not happy about it, but he's like just going to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the whole, like she's compelling him in, like she's got sure. some yeah. sort of power. Um, you know, yeah. the way that like vampires can like pull you towards them and just um, draw you in. I think that's happening. So good observation that he looks like he doesn't want to do it, but he has sure. to. He has to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So she brings him in and she gives him a kiss. And mm-hmm. while her face and body are beautiful, the hand that comes out and grabs his head is old and decrepit. Yeah. So I like that. It was neat. For sure. And just like quickly for a second. Just a, just enough to scare spooky. us. <laughs> yeah, just enough to be spooky. spooky. Just enough to just enough to curdle our blood. Oh, my blood is so curdled. <laughs> yeah. So uh back at the house with uh with Thomason, huge fight going on here. Huge family fight. Yeah. Uh mother ends up smacking father in the face. Yep. I, was, <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> no, wow. it was great. She is so upset in this movie and just like yeah. pissed off with everything that's going on, which is understandable. But um, Thomason now realizes that the goats weren't put inside. It's always something yep. with these fucking goats. She's like not doing her chores, but I guess she snuck out. So she forgot to put the goats away because she snuck out. Yeah. Uh, n- now um, she she does want to go do it now, though. She wants to make mother, you know, trying to make mother happy in any way possible. So let's go put the goats in. So Thomason is in the barn, in the pouring rain, in the dark. Mm-hmm. Great, great place to be. <laughs> with with the goats. And I'm scared. And you're There's scared. Goats. And yep. uh, we don't know what's going to happen. And we're very scared. Yep. And... Tensions building. Tensions building. I'm trying to do it right here myself. And um, Caleb shows up. He's hanging on the fence, mostly naked and out of breath. Did not expect this. No. So they had already spent a bit of time calling for him in the woods, but then went back and kind of like gave up for the time being. And he shows up. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Not expecting that at all. Um, Mercy is talking to Black Philip in the barn. And Thomason shit. is there too. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Mercy says Black Philip told her Thomason was responsible for Caleb getting sick. And Mercy again says she thinks Thomason is a witch. And Thomason starts milking one of the white goats and mm-hmm. blood comes out instead of milk. Mm, great. So it, it really does feel like this land that they're on is cursed. There's yeah. something terribly wrong with the land. Like mother had said, yeah. she, she felt like it was cursed. I'm definitely feeling like it's cursed. They can't grow any food. They can't really catch any animals to be able to eat. 
Um, I, I'm feeling like the land is cursed, and I'm also feeling like um, father is having a hard time being the father of this family. Like he can't grow his food, he can't catch any any animals. All he can do is chop wood. So, a uh, many many times they cut to him chopping wood, and like that's what he can do really well. Yeah. And I feel like any time he's stressed out or there's like a situation where he can't really, you know, do what he's supposed to, he goes and chops wood because that's what he can do well. And that's when I really feel like that's the only control he has in this whole in this whole land because everything else is not going his way. Yeah, a couple of things with that is that he was the one who decided they would leave. So he's sure. he's yeah. feeling ultimately responsible for everything that's happening. So it is all yeah. on him because he made the decision, right? wasn't a family discussion it was him Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. second of all he chops wood three times in this movie and i don't know what this means i'm sure it means something i don't understand the first time he was chopping wood he was in white the second time he was chopping wood he was in black and the third time he was chopping wood he was in a mix of white and black oh i'm sure there's something to that Uh, i just i'm not smart enough to figure it out right so me neither So Caleb is unconscious and has been for a while. Mm -hmm. He's not coming around and mother is blaming witchcraft. Um, Father finally concedes that tomorrow they will get rid of Thomason and they'll take Caleb to the village for help. Yeah. And they're all kind of like up in the attic with Caleb there as he's like just unresponsive lying down. But he all of a sudden starts screaming He's still unconscious, but he starts screaming and he sits up and like spits out a small crab apple. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> what is going on? It's fucking weird, man. Oh, so bizarre. Okay. He, yes. Um, also earlier, um, mother asked where they were, where, mm-hmm. where father and Caleb were and Caleb lied and yep. said they were out looking for apples. Yep. So this was an interesting thing for him to spit up his lie, spit up his apple um, that he that he never actually was out looking for. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's um, yeah, I think I, I in this one, I think there's a few ways to look at it. Uh, well, I think, yeah, like I, I, I actually had obsession. Oh, so I was going to say I hadn't actually considered that lie that he like uh you know right. choked on a lie or something like that so i i really like that um there's also the idea that this was something the witch like forced in his body to make him sick yeah yeah um and uh something else that we can get to later okay because <laughs> i was gonna say i got one more thing <laughs> go but ahead, maybe go it's ahead. your what if it's, it's, it's probably not <laughs> oh it's just gonna say it's like his obsession with original sin also and like the first sin in the Bible is Eve biting the apple. Yeah, good one. That's so a it's good like one too. he's really obsessed with that first, like, how are we born into sin? What does that mean? And then he ends up spitting up an apple with one bite in it. Right, right. Nice. Uh, they, the apple was like a big favorite of mothers back in England. So, yeah, they were they were playing around with the idea a little bit that he was out looking for apples for her, which was right. which was a lie. It was a lie to cover up that he and father were hunting. Um, yeah. But it's interesting that he did come back with an apple, with yeah. one of these apples. So whatever way you want to look at it. Now, mother screams at this point after he spits out this apple that he's been bewitched. 
and the twins immediately throw Thomason under the bus. They say, it was she who did it. She made a deal with Satan. She's a witch. Yeah. I would not want those twins as my siblings. No, man. And like this scene. Oh, dude, this, this scene, scene. This scene, like it starts with this and then it just keeps going. So like uh, uh, these twins throwing under the bus, I mean, like that seems kind of like it fits with what's going on so far in the story. And like, maybe they would do that as kids, but as the scene keeps going, it just keeps building on the weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is um, uh, director. Eggers said that this was um, the most important scene in the movie for him. Yeah. I don't I know can, if you mentioned that. that in the commentary, but uh, so father says that that's absolutely not true. That, that, that Thomason is not a witch forget about that. And they need to pray around Caleb. So yeah. they all start to say the Lord's Prayer, and the twins start to say it, and then they can't continue. They, they're they're like having yeah. problems saying the words, like they're struggling, like something's holding them back. Yeah. And then they start like writhing on the ground in pain, and yeah. Caleb like sits up and, and is screaming out like some, some weird shit. And he says like this, he says this whole like monologue, this yeah. weird monologue. And, um, it was interesting because the director, I can't remember why he wanted to do this, but he did this in one take. He did yeah. that. The monologue from Caleb was one take. The kid nailed it, dude. The kid, one take, the kid, the kid nails this. Absolutely nailed it. Super strange, like, um, the quote from a story or something like that. Yeah. But it was, it was very, very interesting what he's saying. But yeah. I, I think it's it's more interesting that the actor was able to do this just on the first the first and only pull that he was going to be allowed to have, and a, and a very cool take where the camera's up on his face and then he sits up, the camera pulls back, and then he ends up lying back down and the camera goes back. Like it it it's a lot of camera work that has to be cor- like with his sitting up and sitting back down. It it really worked really well together. Yeah. So I mean. It's such an intense scene with everything that's going on. He finally sits up. He's finally responsive. He's like, he's talking. Sounds like he's like almost thanking God for, for, for surviving or like coming out of happy coming out of it. Yeah. He's like joyous or ecstatic. And, um, so I, I feel like he's safe and he's okay. And then as soon as he's done, he falls back and he's dead. Yep. Like. My goodness, I Wild. was just like, <laughs> what a scene. I, I, I'm holding my breath that whole time. Oh, like I'm holding my oh, breath dude. that whole scene. When he sits up, I'm like, what is he saying? What's going on? What's Okay, it seems happy. I think he's okay. Boom, down, dead. Oh, the twins wow. are in the corner doing their own thing, like breathing really heavily. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, I mean, these twins are brats. And they could just be faking. Like they could just be doing yep. this just like pretending to be exactly like Caleb. So that I, at this point, I'm like, that's what they're doing. They're just messing. That's very true. Thomason here blames the twins. Uh, she finds her, she found her moment when they're like passed out and hyperventilating. Yeah. They can't, they can't say anything <laughs> in their defense. So she's like, it's them. They did it. Um, she blames the twins and black Philip though. She says that Jonas and Mercy made a covenant with the devil in the form of Black Philip. Yeah. The twins are like, it, it almost looks like they're possessed. Like, you know the way that someone hyperventilates yeah. when they're possessed? That looks like what's happening to them. Father's trying to wake them, but he can't. 
So, Father, I feel like being uncertain with who to trust, like Thomason or the twins, he ends up locking them all in the barn. Yeah. He's, he's like a no-nonsense guy, right? <laughs> no, he's no-nonsense. And, like, he, like, boards up that barn. Like, oh, there's no dude. way out for them. He's uh, like, you know what? Figure shit out in here. We'll see. We'll crazy. see who comes out. You know more terror is coming for us once they get locked in a barn. For sure. For My sure. Goodness. And it's like... And it, with these kids, like a kid would say that they've been speaking with a goat. Like that's just like something kids say sometimes. So I actually have no idea what's going on at this point. Yep. I think they could be messing. I think maybe this thing that uh, Thomason has brought up about them making a covenant with the devil, that could be true. I have no idea. That's a great choice to use the twins in that yes. role because, yeah, there is no like fine line as to where being a kid starts or possibly being like controlled by the devil is yeah. <laughs> you know, like those are yeah that's a very similar looking thing so so they're in the barn and thomason asks the twins if they're witches and jonas says does father think i am and mercy says are you so i thought those were real bizarre answers For sure. in that yeah. moment i was i was Maybe expecting certain things to be said, and and those were not the ones yeah, that, that I was expecting. Yeah, you're expecting like, no, no way, we're not witches. And they're just like, well, who else knows about this? Yeah. And are you on our side? Are you with us? Yeah, so Thomason, yeah, Thomason says, no, she's not. Yeah. And she asks if Black Philip actually speaks to them. And fucking Black Philip here is on the ground hyperventilating now. Yeah, he's breathing heavily he's with the his one. rectangle he eyes. He looks like he's fucking possessed. He looks like he is possessed. This was a great part in the commentary because the uh, director is like, this shot was supposed to go on for so long just on this like on this goat just breathing, but he got up immediately. <laughs> so it's like two seconds long and he's like, it should have been way longer. Oh, <laughs> uh, they should have looped in. <laughs> they should have looped in. Exactly. No, no one would have picked up. <laughs> so Dean... We finally get a brief moment of peace in this movie, but it's unfortunately for the burial of Caleb. Yeah, yeah. But just like wow. everything just stopped. There was like this yeah. air of calm. Yeah. And father here, he blames himself for everything. Like yeah. we talked about before, he is kind of responsible. He, he realizes it, blames himself. He says he's infected with the filth of pride and dispose of him, but redeem his children. And then he eats some uh, some earth, and he's yep. like begging for his children's lives. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. pretty powerful. Very, very powerful. Like a very powerful moment for this guy to get down on his knee- knees and just start crying. Like this guy is, like we've talked about his voice. We've talked about his face. Like this guy's just the rock. Yep. Like he's the rock of the family. He's the rock of the movie. And he's just down on his knees, just like pleading to God for his family's life. Yeah. So a little bit later on, father goes to check on the barn. And uh, I mean, father, he looks so busted by this point. Like, obviously, everything is just weighing extremely heavy on him. Yeah. He looks at the barn and it looks like a bomb went off in the barn. The walls are destroyed. There's two dead white goats that look half eaten. Yeah. Thomason, like, kind of starts waking up on the ground. And then Black Philip out of nowhere attacks Father, spearing him through the stomach with his horn. Yeah. 
Now, Father grabs an axe. He's just like, that's it. Like, fuck, that's it, Black, Black Phillip. I've had enough of this. <laughs> this is it. This yeah, is the ta- end of this. Attack me once, you know. <laughs> if that first attack was real, do you think this guy's actually picking up an axe? And he's like, hey, if you come at me one more time, <laughs> Black Phillip, <laughs> I'm coming at you. I'd be like, I would do that. Yeah, I'd be like, you guys, you guys, it might, we might have to change the name to White Phillip if I put this one down. <laughs> You might need to call on the ringer, White Phillip. Got a couple of those white goats around here. Yeah, there's a couple more white goats. Yeah, but he picks up the he picks up the axe to to yeah. to kill Black Phillip to put him down, and Black Phillip rams him again into the wood yeah. pile, and all the wood falls on Father, crushing him. Yeah, he gets crushed by the only thing he was good at, chopping wood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now Thomason comes over to look at what's going on, and Mother grabs her by the hair and starts attacking thomason uh, mother's uh, just she's done she's done with thomason she's done with she's all done. this yeah. she's, she's done yeah um thomason finds a knife nearby though and like slashes mother with it and yeah. mother starts choking thomason trying to kill her yeah and thomason sure. holding the knife just starts like stabbing mother over and over again until she dies yeah really oh, really tough man. tough tough moment there yeah Whew. And we're just like, now we're just seeing the entire collapse of the entire family, yeah. which started by the loss of a child, yeah. right? It started by the loss of their baby. And ever since then, it's just been building and building and building this family kind of destroying themselves from within. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The in- entire family's dead now, except Thomason. Yeah. And dude, everything is super calm. For the first time in the movie... Instead of hearing that insane music, we can hear mm-hmm. the wind. Mm-hmm. We hear birds chirping. Yeah. We can hear the leaves rustling. These are all sounds we've never heard before in this movie. But now that's true. that we the family's heard dead, at all. we hear all this stuff. Yeah, that's very true. I, I didn't really think about that, but I can remember right after the mother dies, hearing birds. So I feel like this really strengthens one of the themes in this movie. Yeah. And that is Thomason rejecting her family. For sure, yeah. And and feeling like under the rule of of like the establishment of her family when she, she didn't want to be yeah. a part of that, right? I agree, yeah. Now, as like her family's all dead, she's finally like essentially allowed to be free and at peace. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the first thing she does is she takes off like her garments that are they're, like- They've got the, blood on them. What, yeah, they got blood on them, and they're like what she's been having to wear to fit into this family. Yeah, yeah. She she takes them off. She sits down at a table, um, in a barn. She's exhausted. Uh, she falls asleep, and then she wakes up, and it's nighttime. Yeah. And uh, so far, nothing good has happened in the nighttime in this movie. So no, not expecting no, I'm, a whole I'm not lot, super <laughs> a lot of good to happen now. But I'm not super psyched. She woke up in the nighttime. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of it myself. When I wake up and it's just like two in the morning, I'm not a big fan. Um, and I was not psyched that it was dark out. No, so she wakes up. Um, you know, everything's dark. We hear chimes. The wind's blowing the chimes, which is something we haven't really heard before. Yeah. Thomason goes over to the goat barn and Black Philip follows her in. Of course he does. And she conjures him to speak. Yeah. She says, same as the way that he spoke to Jonas and Mercy. She wants Black Philip to speak to her. Yeah. And then we hear 
the fucking hair-raising, spine-tingling fucking voice of the devil say... What a voice. Like, what dost thou want? That's really good, Tim. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. What a fucking voice that guy has. And... This voice is basically like offering her the world, like offering her all her desires. Like, do you want, what do you want? He says, he says something about, do you want to taste butter? Yeah. And that seems a bit odd, but, um, uh, doing some research, butter, apparently back in the 1600s, um, eating butter was like a sin worse than like blasphemy or like, um, it was like one of the worst things you could do is eat butter. Interesting. So by him saying that, it was like, do you want to like do right. all these things that yeah. you're not supposed to be doing? Right. Um, that everyone's told you you shouldn't do all your life. Do you want to do it? Right. Yeah. You want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. This is why I think that first scene with her praying for forgiveness means so much because he's coming at her with um, these things that she has already admitted to doing. And totally. he comes to her offering her, hey, do you want to do these? It's okay. Yeah. If you yeah. want to do these things, we're good. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually going to take this time to pull even further back to sure. right at the beginning yeah. when they're in that that courthouse and they're being sent away. Um, she's just standing there. And after the family leaves, she's still standing there. Like they have to come and get her again and pull her away. And then as the carriage is going away and pulling away from the town, she's the only one looking back. Everyone else is looking somewhere else. She's looking back. So you can tell right from the beginning, she's not down with these decisions. She's not down with where the family's going. Yep, 100%. She, you're right. She was the only one that looked back. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we don't get a really good look, but like it's not, it's not Black Phillip. Here it it is it is the devil in a in a human form. Yeah, there's there's almost a change. There's like a, there's like a small, very dark scene where I can kind of see a hoof, and then I can see a boot. Yeah. So it's it's almost like Black Philip has changed forms. I I think that's what happened. I think he changed forms. You can yeah. see two boots. You can see boots yeah. boots walking, and then they go around behind Thomason. They take her last remaining garment off. These two, mm-hmm. these two black hands take this garment off. Uh, actually, they weren't black. I, th- I think they were just normal, like dirty looking hands. But they take the the dress off, and mm-hmm. then you see a pure black hand on her shoulder. Okay, uh, it's oh, oh, so scary. Um, it is very scary. He shows her a book, yeah, and helps her sign it, and. She's basically signing her soul away to the devil here. He says, like, he's promised her all these things. And if if you do you want all these things, yes, she does. Sign your name in the book. And she says, I don't know how to sign my name. And he says, I will guide your hand. And then she writes in this book and she walks off into the woods. She's naked now. Mm -hmm. And Black Phillip is following. At this point, I was like, dude, I have no idea what's coming next. Like for everything that's already happened. And what just happened, I thought that was going to be the end of the movie. I thought it might just end there. But now we're walking into the woods. I have no idea what's going to happen. No clue. Yes. So there's actually, there's a moment where she's, where she's sleeping on the table where I'm like, okay, this movie is either over right now 
So this is before she goes and talks to the devil. This movie, I think this movie is either over right now or she has to go find her twin uh, siblings because they kind of just disappeared, right? Like the barn no. was exploded. And like they you said- They were dead. Okay, well, like because we didn't really see them though. Mother says, I can see the blood of the twins on your hands. On their hands. I yeah. did, yeah. Okay, okay. So they were, yeah. they were so dead I was, in the barn. Right. So that's what I was thinking though. I was like, this, this movie's either over now or she's going to somehow be able to find the twins. And that's the end of the movie. And so when it picks up and we go, exactly, when we go to talk to the devil and then she's walking naked in the woods, I'm like, I got no idea. I got nothing for what's coming nothing. up next. I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost. Yeah. But Thomason walks further into the woods and we hear some terrifying chanting. Yeah. We see a bunch of naked witches chanting around a fire. Thomason walks up. And the witches all start floating up in the air by the mm -hmm. fire. And Thomason starts floating as well. And she loves it. Yeah. She floats really high. She floats to the top of the trees. And for the first time in this entire movie, she's got a huge smile on her face. Yeah. And that's the end. And it's a happy ending. Yep. It is a happy ending. She's Tim, happy. She's free. She's, she's never happy. been, she's never smiled in this movie. If you look yeah. at the very first time we see her, she is like, it's like her poker face, right? She's, but you yeah. can, even though it's her poker face, I feel it's like the I'm sad face. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like her, I'm sad face. The whole movie, it's her, her sad face until the very end here when this whole like new world is opened up to her and she's so happy. She just like loves it. Yeah. She is free in this moment. She's laughing. She's smiling. This is a good moment for her. Like this is, it goes all the way back to the beginning where she doesn't want to leave. She doesn't want to follow her family. And then by the end, she's like totally got rid of like, you know, all the everything. The family's gone. The clothes she has to wear is gone. She's just naked in walking into the woods and she's going to embrace her new life. Like this yeah. is what this is what her life is now. I think it actually is a happy ending for her. She is happy in this moment. Yeah, I agree. She like essentially traded her family yeah. for a different family and traded her religion for a different religion. Right. So yeah. she kind of has those core things still going on. She just got rid of the ones she didn't enjoy and found the ones that brought her happiness. Yeah, that is. So. Yeah, that's very true. Is there anything you wanted to say about the movie? I was going to get into a couple things that um, didn't get mentioned, but do you have like overall thoughts or anything or? I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, I just think it's fantastic. Like there's there's lots of there's lots of sort of things going on as I think about it and as I watch it and um there's there's sort of all these you know all these parallels with um with the roles in the family i think like getting into sort of her as the older sibling always being blamed for everything i think is very interesting and that's something she wants to shed by the end um the father his role of providing and he can't do it so that's why he's always chopping wood they have so much wood there why do they need that much wood it's just because that's what he can actually do <laughs> is he can chop wood really well um they get into like the son who's got to live up to his father i just i love all these roles that they get into and how that that kind of ends up um, like the family who is like really strong in their faith. That kind of ends up crushing them in the end. But we can see that there's like supernatural things around. So they need it. It's like they're not wrong. They need their faith because there's all these attackers right around them. But that's actually what ends up destroying them. 
I just think it's a really like interesting, complicated plot with a lot of different elements going on. It's very smart. It's very yeah. tight. Um, there is nothing in the movie that doesn't need to be there. Everything is there yes. for a reason. Everything is there for a purpose. And it's just, it's excellent. Love it. Okay, so Dean, a couple things that uh, didn't get mentioned. So they use two Vs instead of a W in, right. the, in the text for the movie. Yeah. Now, the reason behind that was uh, director Eggers, he found that spelling of witch in a 1600s pamphlet on witchcraft. And I guess W was not a common letter back in the oh, 1600s. Okay. So to write a W, they actually wrote with two Vs instead of a W. Oh, so, interesting. So he just stuck to that authenticity, which is like a, a, a recurring you know, theme in this movie for, for the director yeah. is how, um, you know, how well he stuck to the period in this movie. Tim, this goes, I've always had a problem with the name W. It should be double V. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that's what it is. I've always had a problem with it's what not, that's. Yeah, it's not double. It's should, not double U. It's a double. It's v. not a double U. It's a double V. It should be called double V. You should write somebody a letter. Or I should. Send I don't know who, but I'm sending, you know what? I'm going to send a bunch out. Just send out. Yeah. Randomly send a bunch of people. Yeah. You touched on this a small bit, but you mentioned um, like uh, the lighting being done by candlelight, but they, they basically only shot this movie by natural light and by candlelight so all the scenes outside were natural light wow and the scenes inside were just done by candlelight so daytime was done in the day nighttime shots were shot by the light of the moon and inside they were just using candles because that's all there was right there wasn't like yeah lights and electricity or it would look weird if you had a big spotlight and they're trying to light the family up so that really helped build and add the atmosphere that they were going for in the movie for sure, that's so amazing because a lot of the times it was very overcast. Like it, it wasn't very sunny out there. So it's it's very interesting that they could get like it looking so great with just the natural light. Yeah. And then one other thing that I picked up on that I really liked was Thomason's name. Mm. And with like the religious connotations in this movie, she really struck me as the doubting Thomas figure. Ah. And... You know, the, the, this figure who doesn't believe things yeah, until yeah. she can see them for herself. And I think that was a, pur a purposeful naming uh, convention yeah. for that reason. I think you're right. I think you're 100% right in that. All right. Well, there's one more thing to do. Let's do it. What if? So, Dean, I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't think this is what happened. Okay. Okay. Nor do I like this idea better than what we got in the movie. Okay. I think it is what happened. <laughs> I was going to tell you now, I think it is what happened. <laughs> it's, up, it's up for debate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, this is just what if. This is our safe space to yeah. come up with these ideas and concepts and talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that being said... What if there weren't actually any witches in this movie? Not what would this movie be like 
without witches. But what if this movie that we watched didn't actually have any real witches in it? So I'm I'm going to have to go on because you're probably mm-hmm. yep. severely confused at this moment. I'm blank. Yeah, I'm blanking right now, too. Okay. I think there's enough in this movie to support this argument. Mm-hmm. So if there weren't actually any witches in this movie, we have some accounting to do for how they actually have scenes in the movie. So, so how can I say that there's no witches when we've seen witches in the movie? Right, right. Okay, so let me, let me explain a couple things. There's something called ergotism. Ergotism is a form of poisoning from ingesting grains like oh. that have been poisoned or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or okay. rotten. Okay. It can cause hallucinations, delusions, irrational behavior, violent muscle spasms, and even death. It's believed that a breakout of ergo may have led to the accusations of witchcraft in the 1692 Salem Witch Trials. They show, er, I guess it's ergo, ergo or ergot, they show that in the movie on the corn. Yeah. Okay, that's the black stuff on the corn. Now that doesn't actually affect corn. It affects grains. Okay, but that's okay. the way the director showed it. It's okay, very okay. possible they ate this in the grain. We see them eating bread. For sure. It's yeah. very possible they ate this in the bread. Now, that same grain would have been fed to the animals, which would have made the animals sick and account for that dead chicken, the egg. It could account for mm. the goat's milk being blood. Mm. Okay. Now, who else could possibly suffer from this disease in the movie? Well, who, who would be the first to show symptoms of this? I would say it's the twins. You could speculate, but it could be a safe assumption that children would be affected before adults to to such a a poisoning so the twins are the ones like running around talking about witches and talking about how saying how the goat's talking to them the next one to show signs of it is caleb he shows the most aggressive signs and actually dies from it thomason and the mother are both shown having nightmares with delusions in them thomason is also often asleep before or after a scene with a witch. True. These could be nightmares or like delusional dreams she's having about a witch. Okay. The father is a bit harder to tell. Uh, He doesn't really show any signs, but he, he could just be reacting normally to the situations that are going on. So I don't think he's like a great example to use. Now, I think the other important thing to factor in here is how everyone dies first is baby samuel it is 100 possible that baby samuel was taken by a wolf okay if thomason was poisoned she could have passed out she could have not remembered it correctly like i'd say it's at least possible that the baby's taken by a wolf mm-hmm. yeah next is caleb who's clearly suffering from some sort of poisoning yeah and and he dies from that the twins they're locked in the barn. Okay, now you could also argue that a wolf did in fact get into that barn and kill the twins. Mm-hmm. Okay, we see the two white goats who were killed. They have bites at their neck and their uh, stomachs are eaten out. Now, the same fate became of Fowley the dog. 
organs, Dean, are basically the most prized meat for wolves. Mm. It's the most rich meat that they will always eat first. They always go for the organs. So it's possible the wolves got in and killed the kids, killed those goats. Now, what about the walls that had been knocked down in the barn? It's completely possible that big, strong, powerful black Philip was in the barn. A wolf comes in and he's trying to get out, smashes into a wall and is able to knock it down. Like mm-hmm. It's a rickety old 1600s shack, right? It wouldn't have been super strong. So yeah. it's, it's possible that that happened. Now, the next death is father, who actually might not even be dead. Like we saw a woodpile fall on him, but that doesn't, I mean, he might not be dead from that. Right. But anyways, we'll say for the, for argument's sake, he dies from being crushed by wood. Yeah. And then the last death is mother who gets killed by Thomason. Yeah. And then Thomason is left. She's the last one. If she's sick and poisoned, she could easily have a delusion of walking into the woods and seeing witches. Yeah. So that's my what if. What if there oh, weren't man. actually any witches in this movie? This yeah, was yeah. more based on like a poisoning of food, hallucinations and delusions, and this like this destruction of this family based upon more like science and nature. Yeah. It's so good, Tim. It's so good. It's your, it's your best. It's your best. Weather. You, I was right. I was right at the beginning saying, I do think this is what happened. Yeah, this is what I think. think what so. happened. This is what I think happened in this movie. I have so many thoughts. Um, first of all, I'll just say that it's kind of, yeah, it's a thought that this kind of sparked while you were talking. Um, I'll get more into sort of what you said after this, but I was really impressed with the movie called the witch, which wasn't, really about sort of a witch being the main antagonist of the movie. The the witch took the baby at the beginning, but then it was more like the terrible things that were happening on the farm, in the atmosphere, in the woods. Um, so I really was impressed by the naming of the movie to throw me off right, right at the beginning. Um, so I love it. I love this idea. And actually watching the commentary, this really clicks. So he doesn't ever on the commentary want to tell you anything of what to think. But he said one thing. He said that they sped up the frame rate for a couple scenes in the movie. He spread up the frame rate whenever somebody was in a dream sequence. So the mother in a dream sequence and any time there was anything supernatural happening. Mm. So why did he speed up the frame rate for both of those things if they weren't both the same thing? Hmm. Interesting. I actually really like what you're saying now because that makes sense that he slightly sped up the frame rate and every time it happened, every time he said, oh, the frame rate's a little bit higher here, frame rate's a little bit higher here, it was all the things you're mentioning. It was all the things that could have just been a dream for someone. It was every time the witch was there, but then Thomason would wake from a dream right after that. And then the scene at the end when she's walking into the forest, like that's also sped up. That could just be, we just saw her wake up. She was sleeping at the table. We saw her wake up and go do this. And as soon as she woke up, that's when he said, oh, it's sped up right now. Mm. I think, I actually think that is what happened in this movie. Yeah. I actually, I don't think. I 100% think that is what happened in this movie. That is amazing. It blows my mind. I, I do. I do think that's what happened. I don't think that's what happened. Um, I, You're wrong. I, I, li- <laughs> <laughs> I like the story um, yes, that, that we got with the witches. Yeah. I just, I love the fact 
that there's enough questionable things mixed in with the movie that if you dig into it and you pick up on them, it could change your outlook on the movie. And the director leaves that open for you to do. It's one of these movies where like, choose which is the one. It doesn't matter. He's not going to tell you because that's not the point. There isn't one. It's whatever one you want. It's like, yeah, which one do you like better? I like better. I like the witch better. I like the story with the witch. It's, um, it's, it's scary. It's, it's far more creepy and eerie. Um, it's, it, I guess what is also very, very fucking creepy is like a family self-destructing totally due to being poisoned in the middle of nowhere, which probably happened all the time. Like yeah. back in the day there, they probably people like families and kids probably got poisoned all the time. Like I mentioned, it was yeah. like the, the, the preface to the Salem witch trials, right? Yeah. Like who knows what was going on? Kids, kids may have been going over to like these women's houses and, and the women are giving them like food, like bread or something like that. For sure. And then any child who goes to that house gets sick and dies. So they, all, all they, they don't know science, right? They don't know like, um, yeah. what the, the bad crops can poison you and stuff like that. So they just think the supernatural, they think this person is a witch. We have to kill this person. So, I mean, it's very like, it's very scary that, you know, lack of information can, you know, cause humans to do things like that. But that, that was, that was a thing, right? Like, totally. You know, what we don't know. We're scared of what we don't know. Yeah. And that's why that really clicks with me because I was watching it and being like, this seems so accurate, so period accurate. But then there's these witches that are in the woods. And then there's this goat that's the devil. And it's like, okay, we know that stuff happened in the past where they were just burning people that they thought were witches. So how does this fit? Were there, like, is this movie saying that they are actually were witches? It's like, I, I can't quite, I can't quite piece those two things together so that's why i really like i really like what you brought to the table here because it is saying that these witches did exist in people's minds like the for people they were real yeah these witches were real but maybe there was another cause maybe it was because they were being poisoned by this food that was making them think that these things were in the woods and these things were taking their children when really like you said maybe thomason just passed out because she was poisoned and then woke up and a wolf had taken the kid um yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I just actually love it. <laughs> I want to watch the movie again right now. Um, I, I think it would be really cool if David Eggers decided to do a period piece about like a true thing that happened with the poisoning of crops and how that would destroy a family. Yeah. And then yeah. infused his nightmares of witches in it oh, and brought those two dude. things together. And that's what he produced. I think that's so cool. I think that might be it. I think that I think that is great. I really, really love that. I love that you brought it. Like for me, it's one of those things that like pulls it all together for me. Um, where like it's not something that someone needs to come out and say that this is what the movie's about. But I just love like this is one of those movies where there's so much to dig into. There's so much going on. Um, and I love that this that you brought this to the table because I think it is like for me, this is, this is what I would pull out of this movie. I I started looking into like the poisoned corn for some reason. This is how I got yeah. into, this is how I got down this whole awesome. path. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, but I was, I was reading an interview with, uh, with the director and he mentioned the poisoning on the corn and what it was called. It was called ergo or ergot or mm -hmm. whatever. And I was like, well, yeah. well, what yeah. is that? And as soon as I looked up that, and it said it's a poison that can cause hallucinations 
I went down this rabbit hole of like, what if they're hallucinating all this? Or like, what if this is not what it's meant to be? And I just, I started digging in and everything started to like show itself. And it was like, this all kind of makes sense that this could be what's going on. So totally. Yeah. Oh, wow. That just, yeah, it really fits. I really like it. Cool. All right, Dean. Very cool. Oh, what a fun month. Oh, you did it again. But now like you're leaving me off on this episode and my mind is blown. Like I just <laughs> go watch the witch again. Yeah, we need to watch it. We, I... we both need to watch it. I'm Let's watch it together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm sorry. I didn't have a rhyming co-host name for you. I was too I busy care about doing all anymore. of this this week. <laughs> I don't even care, Tim. I didn't have time. Do you see why I didn't have time for that? Yes, this is great. This is great. I love it. All right. Well, we got one more spooky episode to come dropping on Halloween day. Yes. All right. It's going to show up in your pod app. Am I going to dress up? Yeah, you dressing up? Mm, No, I don't think so. Should we dress up? For sure. Okay. I guess I'm dressing up. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're going to dress up. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. Dean, thank you for joining as as usual. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get Hello, darling. It's me, Tessianos, host of the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. And if I got a Halloween treat for you. This October, I am hosting a horror comic marathon for 31 days. That's right, my frightful fiends. Every single day from October 1st to October 31st, OCD will review a horror comic to count down to the greatest holiday ever conjured. You can follow OCD on Instagram and OCD Podcast, Facebook at facebook.com slash OCD podcast and Twitter at ongoing comic pod. It's going to be a hauntingly good time, so be there or or just just be there. Ooh. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkbackPod or by email at talkbackpod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.